What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. I hope you had a wonderful week, you and your loved ones. I'm continuously in prayer for you, believing that God will bless you with a special breakthrough this year. I want you to remain encouraged. I want you to remain steadfast in the Lord and continue to trust in God. Truly, your trusting in God is not in vain. I have said this multiple times and I'm going to continuously say this. Your trusting in God is not in vain. You hoping in the Lord is not in vain. Truly, God himself says those who hope in him, they will not be disappointed. Those who trust in him, they are blessed. He says even that those who fear him, he will not withhold any good things from them. Any good gifts, any good things, you name it from them. And in this particular passage, it's saying the same as well. And I want you to really hold this dearly into your heart. Hold it, hold it within you and meditate on it. Psalm 31 verse 19 to 24. If I could give this episode a title, it would be that God has reserved good things for those who fear him. I'm going to say this again. God has reserved good things for those who fear him. God has good things in store for your future. And I'm not just saying this to get you excited because, again, I know there's a particular group of Christians who don't believe for some reason that God does not want his people to be prosperous in this life. But truly, the Bible shows us that prosperity is part of God's plan in this life as well for his children. Prosperity is a part of your inheritance when you are a believer in Jesus Christ. But but we do understand and recognize that we should never put uh, blessings before God. You know, it has to always be God first. Our love for God should always outweigh any blessings, any desires that we may have. But it's so important as well for, unto, for us to understand that God always gives the very best of the best to those who trust him, to those who hope in him and those who fear him, those who love him. For example, we read in Romans 8 verse 28, it says that God will work out everything for the good of those who love him. And here tonight, as we read Psalm 31, verse 19 to 24, you'll recognize it is the same as well. God continuously in his word reassures us that those who fear him, those who love him, those who trust him, that he has their back. He's got you. Sometimes we feel like as if God does not have our best interests in mind. He does. Those who seek the Lord, who truly surrendered their lives to God, have nothing to worry about. Now, I know sometimes it's easier said than done. This is why I truly recommend you to continue to stay plugged into this platform and to continue to stay plugged into the Word of God, meditating God's Word day and night. Continue to really receive accountability from other men and women of God who sincerely love the Lord and walk the walk of faith. Because when you do this, it continuously encourages you to believe God's report, to believe God's word is final and God's word is true. I understand sometimes, but believe me, I understand sometimes when you're praying for a particular thing and you're seeing that years and years are passing by and it's not coming to pass. You're like, whoa, is God, you know, we just recently did a, a, a episode about this, you know, God is not ignoring your prayers. And so sometimes you feel as if because this prayer is not being answered, it seems like God is ignoring you. He is not. He is not ignoring your prayers. I want you to reach this point in 2022 where you take God's word as literal, that you truly believe God is true concerning his word, that his word is truth, it is not, it's not make-believe, it is not a folk, folklore, you know, it's not something that people just came up with, but God's word is truth. Not only is it true, but it is truth. 
the purest truth, the purest truth in all the universe. And so if God himself says that those who fear him, that he will work out everything for their good and that he will definitely give them good things. Not only he will give them good things, but he already reserved the very good things for you. He already ordained it for you. It's not as if you're praying for God to bless you with good things, but God already had it in plan in advance to give you good things. What are these good things? These good things can be both physical blessings and spiritual blessings. As I said before in a previous episode, you know, Jesus in Matthew 6, he said, the father knows that we need these things. When he was saying this, he was most definitely talking about physical blessing, physical resources and necessities. He knew that the people needed money, right, to survive in the physical world. He knew that the people, especially if they wanted to have a legacy, if they wanted to have a family, they would need a spouse, right? To be able to reproduce and have their own family and and be able to grow um, their descendants, be able to have descendants coming after them to keep the family name secure. He knew that they needed community. They needed a home. They needed a territory, right, to inhabit, to live in. So God knows the needs that we have. And he understands that these needs are not evil in themselves, But at the same time, God wants us to understand that he must be first priority in our lives and his kingdom must be first priority in our lives. And so, my friend, if God himself over and over in his word saying that he has good things reserved for you, why are you stressing yourself when it seems as if the good things are not coming? Just because the good things has not arrived, that does not mean they are not coming I want to be that sister in Christ to encourage you to keep on hoping, to keep on believing that God's word is true. And so if you can go ahead and open your Bibles once more to Psalm 31, verse 19 to 24, that would be great. I'm going to go ahead and read it. We're going to meditate on it together. And so Psalm 31, verse 19 to 24, y'all, it says this. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Verse 21, praise be to the Lord for he showed me the wonders of his love. When I was in a city under sage, in my alarm I said, I am cut off from my sight, from your sight. You heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Verse 23, love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are, who are true to him. But the Lord, but the proud, he pays back in full, excuse me. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Oh my goodness. I'm going to read it once more, guys. I hope that you guys are okay with that. I really for, I really want us to get um, this, this scripture truly tonight. Again, we're going to go ahead and read Psalm 31, verse 19 to 24. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love. When I was in a city under sage, in my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. 
verse 23. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Now, I had read it for a second time, and I really wanted to do this just so that you can really go ahead and highlight the key parts of the scriptures that we just read tonight. And for you and your time with the Lord, really bring it forth before God in prayer. And as well as meditate on it throughout the weekend and even this new coming week. One of the things that I truly want you to get from this particular passage that we just read. We just read Psalm 31 verse 19 to 24. Is that first and foremost, God has an abundance of good things that he stored for those who fear him. So this is what we learned from verse 19. You know, I don't want for you to spend the rest of this year dwelling on what is or dwelling on what is what is not right i don't want you to keep dwelling and saying to yourself oh my goodness you know when is it going to be my turn to get this opportunity when is it going to be my turn because sometimes when you you think in that manner it brings it it brings negativity right you're not really thinking positively you, it, it's bringing negativity into your life and the more negativity that it brings, it's going to cause you to now have double-mindedness. You become double-minded. You begin to doubt what is possible now, especially what is possible with the Lord. You begin to forget that God is a God who is your source. He is your main source and that there's nothing impossible with him. And so when you start to even feel like certain things that... You know, let's say certain things that are just naturally possible with a human being. When you begin to feel as if it's possible for this sister or this brother, but it's not possible for you. You begin to undermine God's ability. You begin to undermine and underestimate God's ability to truly bless you in that avenue or bless you in that area where it seems like you're not being blessed in. And so here in the particular scripture, verse 19, right? Psalm 31 verse 19, it says, How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. So it's not even saying that God just has some good things stored up for you. But it says he has an abundance of good things in store for you. That he has stored up for you. Now some of us, we don't feel like we are... You know, we don't feel like we're on the top, meaning like we haven't made it yet where we, we, we desire to be in life. Some of us, it seems like we have lack in many areas in our, in our lives. Okay? But God, I want you to get this tonight. God has an abundance of good things in store for you. I know it's so hard sometimes to really focus on the possibilities. Especially when the possibilities before you seem very limited but this is where i want to challenge you tonight i want to challenge you to believe god to believe god's word and not even the circumstances that you see and not even the lack that you see and this is why it's so important for us to really study and meditate certain scriptures such as psalm 31 verse 19 to 24 and i again i recommend you to read the entire chapter but for the sake of time, I wanted us to really focus on verses 19 to 24. And so we got that out of the way. 
God has an abundance of good things that he has stored up for you. For those who fear him, that is actually important as well. Because you see, some people think as if God is just going to um, just bless anybody. Let me be careful with that. I want to be careful with that because I don't want to be taken out of context with what I'm saying. God can do whatever he wants, right? He is merciful. He is faithful. He is loving. He can do whatever he wants. Sometimes God will bless whomever he wants, whenever he wants. But God is not obligated to bless those who do not fear him. That's very important for us to understand as well. But when it comes to the people of God, his faithful people, when it comes to those who have given Jesus Christ their lives, those who have said, Lord, you are the Lord of my life and you are my savior. I give you complete access of my life. These are the individuals that God truly in himself is obligated to bless. It's obligated to, to bless for his name's sake because these people carry his name. When you are a child of God, you carry his name. Amen. We are called Christians because of Christ, because we carry his name. He is the Christ, so we carry his name. And so because of this reason, the Lord, he knows he has to bless you because only he is able to bless you because you belong to him. The Bible lets us know that we were bought with, with a price. Amen. We were bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. David understood this full well as well. David over and over in the Psalms, he will say, do this for your name's sake, O Lord, because David knew that God cannot reproach himself. Meaning God cannot curse himself. God cannot despise himself. God cannot embarrass himself. God cannot fail himself. And so if God knows he has a group of people who are depending on him and he just goes on ahead and not come to the rescue or just goes ahead and not care for them, not bless him, that completely contradicts his nature. It completely contradicts his nature of being just, of being loving, of being merciful, of being a father, of being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. My goodness. Let's go ahead and go to the second uh, part of that, of that verse, verse 19. I want us to just, again, I'm just meditating on this particular passage with all of you because I really want you to take seriously these words. Grab hold of them truly. Write them in the tablet of your heart. The second part of that verse, verse 19, it says, That you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. And so here, not only does God have an abundance of good things for those who fear him, but what God loves to do as well is that he will bestow those good things in the sight of all. So when God is getting ready to bless us, right, those who fear him, those of us who fear him, often he's not even going to do this in private, but he's going to do it publicly. And I love that it says on those who take refuge in you. So that means that God is looking to bless those who take refuge in him. What does it mean for us to take refuge in him? That means we are abiding in the Lord. He is our shelter, right? He is our fortress, as the Bible says. We take shelter in him. We don't take shelter in the world. We don't take shelter in our worries. We don't take shelter in anxiety. We don't take shelter in depression. We don't take shelter in people's report, but we take shelter in the Lord. He is our refuge. He is our secret place. He is our hiding place. Amen. He is our dwelling place. 
verse 20, in the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. What I love about God is that when you are faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. I know we've heard that scripture that says even when we're faithless, God remains faithful, which is true. But also throughout the Bible, God has a God has such, you know, an admiration also as well for those who are faithful to him. Those who remain faithful to him. Jesus himself even said that those who trust him until the end, those who have faith until the end, that they will be saved. And so God truly admire those, are pleased with those, right? Well pleased with those who, again, take refuge in him, dwell in him. Because when we dwell in him, when we choose to make him our refuge, this is saying that we choose that he is the one who's, a, who's our master and that he is the one that we choose to live for. And he is the one that we choose to adore, that we choose to praise him. Because we choose to adore and only praise him and serve him, he's going to protect us from accusing tongues. It's very difficult for someone to accuse a person who is faithful to God, a person who's fearful to God, a person who loves God. Because, you see, the person who loves God is also one who does what God wants them to do. It's also one who does what is right in the sight of God. It's very hard for someone to take refuge in the Lord. And all they're doing is what is contradicting, you know, contradictory, excuse me, from the word of God. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, I'm not saying, for example, let's say someone is a non-believer. And they recognize truly that they are a sinner and that they need God's grace to save them from eternal damnation. God himself welcomes the sinner in. He welcomes every soul to repent of their sins because it is God's will for all men to be saved, for none to perish. Right? But when you have made him his, your dwelling place, when you have made him your refuge, it's, comp- it's, it's truly almost impossible even to continue to live in the same situation that you were in before you knew Christ and even at times when you find yourself stumbling right or when you're finding yourself falling short of God's grace you will recognize that you will not even take too long without approaching him again and saying father I forgive forgive me of the sin I know I've sinned against you make me whole make me have right standing with you again Instead of being like, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait, wait until tomorrow to repent of my sin. No, but you're a, a type of person who wants to consistently commune with the Lord. You want to consistently remain in right standing with God. Why? Because now he is your dwelling place. He is your refuge. He has become your, your hiding place, right? He has become your best friend. And so it's very hard for you to, ha- to be disconnected to God. You find yourself, the more that you're disconnected to God, you feel like you have such a withdrawal. You know, especially when people, you know, used to do some type of drug and then they stop doing it. And then they would have, um, you know, they would have time of a great withdrawal, meaning that they will feel, you know, adverse reactions because of the fact that they stopped taking the drug. So meaning they might become very, you know, irritating and stuff like that. That's how it is as a believer. Because God has become your refuge, the more time you feel that you're not in his presence, right? 
the more irritated you feel, the more annoyed you feel, the more angry you feel. And, and you're not going to want to stay angry. You'd much rather go back again to your refuge, meaning go back again to God, go back again to his presence. And because of this, the scripture is saying that he himself, God, he will keep you from accusing tongues. He will keep you safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. God is going to protect you from the accusers, right? God is going to protect you from people who try to bring false accusations against you. Because you have remained in him. You have seen him as your refuge. Verse 21, y'all. Let's go ahead and quickly go to verse 21 again. It says, Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love. Hmm. When I was a city under, under siege. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. What does it mean, like a city under siege? A city that's being heavily attacked by an enemy. So God himself, there are times where you feel like as if, oh my goodness, everything is going wrong in your life. And it seems like, you know, there's no hope for you. This particular verse is saying right here, it's, it's using the description of a city under siege to show you even then. God not only will show you his love, but he will show you wonders of his love. Like he will show you his love in an exceptional way that you have never experienced before, even during a season or a time, it seems like <laughs> there's no way you could have ever experienced such love. It is in that same particular season that God is going to show up with his love like never before. That God is going to show you his wonders of his love like never before. And so I wanted to say this right now to encourage you. Maybe you feel like as if you're in a season and it's just... You know, it seems like there's no joy inside. It seems like there's no clarity inside for you. There's, you don't know what comes next. You don't know what to do. And you feel like nothing good could come out of this season. Or you feel like there's, you know, there's no even point for you. There's no point for you to even keep believing for good things anymore. Because all you've been seeing is just confusion, just blurriness, and just disappointments. I want to encourage you, according to that scripture, that God is going to show you wonders of his love in this current season maybe for you just like the scripture said maybe for you this season is, is already feeling like a city under sage meaning a city that's under attack heavy attack by an enemy but i want to encourage you and let you know that god's love will be present still and not only will his love be present but god will show you a greater measure of his love a greater measure of his favor in this particular season where you feel like as if it's not coming or it seemed far off. Amen. In verse 22, y'all. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. I love this. I love, I love what David said here. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. It's so interesting to me that for a moment, David actually thought he was cut off from God's sight. But when the Bible clearly tells us that he sees everything, he sees it all. Like he sees everything that is going on the earth and he also has complete access to everything that is in heaven. But because he lives in the third heaven, amen. So he sees everything. He sees what is hidden. He sees what is visible. 
But there are times because we are going through a, 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 a you know a difficult season or a difficult situation. There are times where we're even wrestling, right? It seems like we're wrestling with God or we feel like our faith level is going low. It's not even because we don't want to have faith, but it's because you are starting to feel so hopeless because you have just been at a standstill, right? You seem like to to be in a standstill and you're not making that much progress. And you're like, my gosh, like what is even the point here for me to even cry for mercy, right? What's the point for me to cry for mercy if I feel like I'm cut off from your sight? Like David, David said. But it's so great that David still, although he said that, right? I am cut off from your sight. He thought he was cut off from God's sight. But praise be to God, he still, he still went ahead and cried for mercy. And because he did so, God came through for him. God came through for him. God heard his cry for mercy. In this season, it's okay for you to cry before the Lord. It's okay for you to ask God for help. It's okay for you to ask God for mercy. Because at the end of the day, you have to continue to acknowledge to God that he is your maker. He is your provider. He is your strength. And without him, you cannot progress to your next. You cannot make it out alive, out of this season. You cannot reach your destiny. You cannot fulfill your God-given purpose. And when we come with this, with this passion before the Lord and making it known to him that we are nothing apart from him, we can't do nothing apart from him, and we need him truly, God, again, as David says in multiple Psalms, he cannot forsake his own name. He will do that very thing you ask of him for his name's sake. Because again, you carry his name. You are his child. You are the one who fear him. You are the one who love him. You are the one who trust him. You are the one who put your hope in him. And it says in verse 23, love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who, who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. That is so powerful, y'all. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Have you been true to God? Have you been faithful to God? Or have you just been faithful to God every time when he answered your prayers? But have you been faithful to God even when he didn't answer your prayers? That's very important. That's very important for us to make that self-analysis. Have we been faithful to God only when he has answered our prayers or even when he has not answered our prayers? Because the scripture right here in verse 23, it says the Lord preserved those who are true to him. God is looking for that truthful heart, that faithful heart. God is not looking just for the ones who praise him when they receive their payday or their paycheck, right? God is not just looking for the ones who give him praise when something good happened. But God is looking for the one that praise him even when something bad happened, even when they received bad news, even when they didn't see they didn't receive a big break. Even when they continuously pray something and every time the answer has been not yet. But God is seeing whether that individual will continue to exalt his name. I don't know what situation you find yourself in. I don't know exactly in particular what it is that you're waiting upon the Lord. I don't know if you're waiting upon the Lord for a new employment. I don't know if you're waiting upon the Lord concerning your kingdom spouse. I don't know if you're waiting upon the Lord concerning 
the expansion of a ministry, the expansion of your family. I don't know exactly what it is that you've been waiting upon the Lord for. I don't know how long you've been waiting upon the Lord for it. But my question to you is this. Have you been praying despite not hearing the answer? Despite not seeing the answer? Have you been worshiping him despite not seeing the answer? Despite not knowing when the answer will arrive? Because the scripture is very key for us to pay attention to what it says here. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. God will preserve you when you're true to him. And not only God will preserve you when you are true to him, meaning your life, your very life, he will protect your life, he will keep you from harm's way, but he will make sure he preserves you so that way, indeed, the very thing that you have been interceding for, the very thing that you have been contending for, that you've been believing for, he will make sure that you remain in good health and good standing in order for you to receive it. Let's quickly go back to the first verse in this passage that I'm focusing on, which was verse 19. Again, it says, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. Sometimes, to be honest with you, this doesn't sit right with me when at times I hear people will say, well, you know, you know, you know, like, you know, there's a group of people that's preaching the prosperity gospel. You know, that's bad. That's bad. We shouldn't, we shouldn't want to be blessed in this life because we'll only be blessed in the other life in heaven. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I really believe that's, that the most important thing in this life is to serve God, to love God, and to proclaim his name, to advance his kingdom forward. But I also believe that it's not a sin to be blessed in this life. Especially when you're using this blessing for the glory of the Lord and to bless other people. Amen. And so if God himself says in his word that he has an abundance of good things, he's saying this through his servant. Because the spirit of the Lord was speaking to David in this manner as well. He has abundance of good things stored up for those who fear him. I don't believe God is just, just talking about heaven here. Because again, we have to recognize that Jesus himself in John 10, 10 says that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Not just eternal life, but he wants us to live the abundant life on the earth for his glory. You have heard me say this time and time again. That, you know, God cannot get the glory from a life that all they have seen in this current life has been poverty and lack even Paul an apostle of God though he was through though he went through many trials and tribulations but yet he has seen he himself said I have I have been content <laughs> I have been content because I have been, I've had many and I have little right and so it doesn't make sense for a believer in Christ Jesus to only have little all their lives it just doesn't make sense. And it's not biblical at all. And that is not God's will for them. And so I want to encourage you. I don't know what season you find yourself in. But I want to encourage you. And I want you to know this again. It only gets better from here. God did not bring you this far to leave you empty-handed. To leave you with your face facing the ground. No. God 
brought you this far for you to taste and see his goodness in the land of the living. And this is why I have made it one of my responsibilities as well as your sisters in Christ. To come into agreement with you and bringing prayers before the Lord with thanksgiving for you as well, you listeners. I may not know exactly what it is that you're asking the Lord for. But I know that when I come before God and pray with thanksgiving on your behalf, he knows exactly what it is you're asking him for. And I truly would love you to not be hesitant nor shy to share your praise report once God delivers delivers and comes through for you this 2022. I strongly, truly pray that you would just share your praise report with me. But most importantly, that you would rejoice in the Lord. You would give God the absolute praise and glory for what he's, for what he's going to do in your life. Not only when he does it for you, but even now. Rejoice right now. Just rejoice right now for what he's getting ready to do. And lastly, as we began to close, verse 24, it says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. What does that mean? Be strong, we know be strong means to stand firmly, right? To stand firmly in what? To stand firmly in his word. Because apart from God's word, we can't be strong. It is God's word who makes us strong, right? It is God's own promises who keeps us strong. And then the second part here says, and take heart. What does that mean? To, be, to, to take it to heart, meaning to truly believe. To truly believe what it is that you're asking for, that it will come to pass. But most importantly, to truly believe that God is who he says that he is and that he will do what he said that he will do. To take it to heart, to not doubt it at all, period, at all. <laughs> we want to come to a place in our faith where completely we destroy doubt. Doubt is not your friend. Confusion is not your friend. And then the latter part of that scripture in verse 24, it says, All you hope in the Lord. Who's all who hope in the Lord? Those who trust in him. Those who have given their lives to him. So we close with this, y'all. We close this episode with this. Be strong and take heart. All you who hope in the Lord. I want to remind you once again. Your hoping in God is not in vain. Your trusting in God is not in vain. Your fear in the Lord is not in vain. I'm excited because I know that God is not a man to lie. If he said he has stored up good things for those who fear him. If he has said that those who trust in him, those who hope in him will not be disappointed. That they are blessed. That they have a blessed inheritance. You best believe that is true and it's coming to you. So I hope that you were greatly encouraged by this episode. If you love this episode as well, please go ahead and share it with a friend. And make sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in, y'all. And remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Until next time, peace out. Take care.